my church? Love my church. Just want to let you know I love Connect. I love you because you're the only thing I've known for the last 34 years of my life. <laughs> we married in this church. We had babies in this church. Well, not in the church, actually. They were all born in India. And um, we dedicated our children in this church. Then they got married. Well, two of them got married in this church. And then they dedicate their babies in this church. So as you can see, this is all we've known. And so we just love you. Just wanted to say that before I start speaking. There's such a presence of God here. Don't drop it. Hold it. Hold it. It's coming to you. But honestly, there is. So let God really work in and through us today. And if he challenges you, let him challenge you. If he's convicting you, let him do that. Let him do that deep work in your heart. I'm not saying, you know, you're not there. You might be all there and say, oh, Pastor Anita, you're all there? That's good if you're all there. But if you're not, let this stir you. Let it fire you. Let it challenge you. Let this go a little bit deeper than it does. Whatever. All right. My famous topic is quiet time. I don't know if you've heard about quiet times. Some of us who are older than 20 probably have. No, not 20. Let's say 50. Um, you know, quiet time is spending, setting time aside. The first, you know, the first 10 percent of your time and you wake up spending time with Jesus and that's what I'm speaking about today it's not a term that has been used lately more but when I became a Christian in 1983 that's what I was discipled into and I thank God for the people that discipled me into this and the main thing is um, it wasn't like it was you know that you have to do it you just want to do it and for me I always wanted to be a Jesus girl and I thank God that, you know, I, I did do that. It show, it, for me, it shows in, in who I have become slowly. So let me stick to my notes. Eh? Um, the term quiet time is not used in the Bible. You know, you, won't go, you know, don't Google it and go, what's quiet time in the Bible? If you can Google the Bible in the Bible. Um, but it was used in the 19th century. The practice, of course, has its roots in the scriptures, in the fact that the scriptures tells us, in Luke 5, 16, Jesus often withdrew to lonely, solitary place and prayed. Now, if Jesus, the Son of God, did that, how much more shouldn't we do it? Eh? In Mark 1, 35, it says, Before daybreak, the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Now, when I came to New Zealand... I thought, wow, this is like a convent or something like that. Because honestly, it was too quiet, too isolated for me. I'm like, where are the people? Where are the people? So I came to church. No. Um, but where are the people? I mean, hey, New Zealand, you have no excuse. You can just walk five minutes and you'll find a, a, what we call it a jungle with no wild animals in it. And hey, you don't have to worry about snakes that will come to bite you um, when you're having a quiet time if you do find a place. The thing is, we have no excuse to say, oh, no, I can't find a quiet place. Well, we do. It's a beautiful country. So I am very grateful to New Zealand. I'm very grateful to the people that God has put around me 
and I'm very grateful for the church that I serve in. I love my church. Growing up, they taught me that prayer is fundamental, not supplemental to the Christian life. Um, I say this without reservation, and almost every morning since I was 23, um, and that was not long ago, honestly. Well, I am turning 60 next year, so let's have a party. Yeah, I'm all about a party. But I, you know, every day of my life, from what I can remember, I have spent my first 10, 15 minutes, or sometimes more, I don't keep a track on my quiet time. I sometimes read a devotion, pray, or read another devotion. I'm into devotions a lot. But, you know, however you do it, that I, I know people write lists and then they pray for people. But for me, I just, I just find out a whole lot of stuff, especially when you have a church. And, there's, you know, stuff happens. Stuff happens in my life. I'm sure stuff happens in your life. And so, you know, when I hear about there is some health issue in church or a marriage issue or relationship issue, I, I will pray. I pray for you guys. So anyway... That's what I do. I do not like breakfast. So it's not like, you know, oh, I have to have my breakfast. That's not my first thing. I don't like breakfast, but I do like my coffee. And I have got coffee every morning for the last 34 years of my life, married life. It's Jesus makes the coffee. <laughs> Adam does, and if he doesn't, I will remind him. <laughs> no, I love my coffee. So I couldn't, I couldn't imagine life without the spiritual food, which is spending time with Jesus. So my... Today's, you know, sermon is not to make you feel like, oh, I feel bad. No, it's to encourage you. It's to stir you up. It's to fire you. It's to make you feel like, I can do this. It is simple. Quiet time, honestly, is simple. If you love someone, you want to spend time with them, don't you? Hey, the king of the universe who loves us, who set us free, how important would it be to spend time with him? And to get to know him more. So as you can see, it's actually not complicated. And as I go on, you'll find out it's really not complicated. I'm, I'm not a complicated person. I'm pretty simple. Just like my husband. I'm very simple. <laughs> I'm not saying this is the only way. This is just the way you have to do this. You can do however you want. You can pray in the morning. You can pray in the afternoon. You can pray at the supper time. Yeah, that's good. Um, pray whenever you want. I pray during my, even hanging the washing, I'll pray. I'll have the Bible going into, you know, in my ears all the time. That's if I want to. And then occasionally I get told, oh, who's that guy speaking into your phone? And it's, it's my devotion, people. So the first thing I do is, before I do anything else, I have my quiet time. I remember Pastor Andre said, if you don't put God first, you usually won't put him anywhere. And that's so true. We have no excuse. So the first thing I do without fail every day is my quiet time. There are two things I do. I pray. I wake up. I am very grateful. I thank God for the house I have, the husband I have, the children I have. And then I pray. I pray for my marriage. I pray for my husband. He needs it, people. So pray for him. Pray for me, too. I flipping need it. Um, I pray for my kids. My list goes on. Then my kids have kids. I pray for them. I pray for that legacy. I have to protect my legacy, so I pray for them. I pray for my friends. I need my friends, so I have to pray that they stay all good and, you know, healthy. Pray for their marriages. 
Um, I pray for new life because, you know, we are new life leaders, so you have huge responsibility. So I pray for new life. I pray for my church. That's it. I love my church. Do I have to say it again? No. You already know that now. I'm just telling you. No, you don't have to. Um, so I pray for you. I know that there's stuff, there's stuff going down, so I, I pray for you. When I find out that, you know, so-and-so is struggling, I'll pray for you. It's just so you know. If I know, trust me, I will pray for you. And occasionally you'll get a text from me saying, how are you doing? That's if I have your cell phone number. Um, and a scripture, because when I, when I read my Bible, it's certain scriptures, you know, they just, what do you say? They just jump at you. And I thought, oh, that'd be good for so-and-so. Don't challenge me back saying, why did you send it? Just receive it and be blessed. So I intercede on your behalf. Someone once said, there is nothing that makes us love people more as much as when we are praying for them. You know, when I'm struggling with people, which I do, people I don't look at me. I know you all do too because we're just human beings. And um, I think of them, I'm like, why are you getting mad? Just pray. But straight away, I, I rebuke myself in a way. And I start praying. And I see people through different perspectives. Because God gives you his eyes. And if I don't want to love them, I tell God, I, I am finding this hard. Give me your eyes. And he literally does. And he changes your perspective towards that person. That person might not change. Don't worry about it. You keep moving on. God has changed your heart because that's what God does. He is a good, good father. And I don't use fancy words, you know. I'm very simple girl. I just pray from my heart. So whatever is on my heart. And then commit my day and my ways to the Lord. I pray for his leading and guiding hand over me. I love how King David cries out in Psalm 25. It kind of feels like how I pray. In you, Lord my God, I put my trust. I trust in you. Do not let me be put to shame. Nor let my enemies triumph over me. No one who hopes in you will ever be put to shame. I love that. We all have things that come against us. It's just human nature. We all struggle and battle in life. Attacks come from without and within. Prayers about letting God fight your battles. Let the battle belong to God. Sometimes it's quite daunting, you know, leading a church or a movement. But um, I, I offer all that to God. I often feel I have little to offer the people that I'm called to save. But in my quiet time, I burden him with what burdens me, that I can start the day off light. So I give that to him and I say, there you go, God. That's your problem, not mine. Remember, Jesus said his yoke is easy, his burden is light. Why carry what God can carry? You're not God's. God is God. Just give it to him and just feel the light. David goes on to say, show me your ways. We need to ask God to show me your ways. Teach me your path. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior, and my hope. Is in you all day long. David's sh saying, show me, teach me. Even King David did that. Guide me. You are my God. My hope is in you all day long. Put your hope in God. 
So this is how I begin my day, every day. And now the time with God is not dependent on how I feel, honestly not. Um, whether I'm happy or sad, going good or bad, up or down, life is full of ups and downs and happiness and sad times. It's just how life is. But we just got to trust God when we go through stuff. Sadly, many people pray when they're going to crisis and say, God, God, help. And thank God he does. And then we forget what God has done. Let, let us never forget what God has done. The fact that Jesus, you know, Jesus, on the day perhaps of his biggest public miracle, feeding 5,000 people, the crowd was blown away. But Jesus, he did not. He spent time basking in his ministry success. No, he didn't. Now, the Bible tells us he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. He fed 5,000 people, and yet he thought it was important to go and spend time with God. I cook for five people, and I expect them to give me the accolades. Like, oh, well done. Trust me, if they don't, I make them do it. But here's Jesus. It isn't that human, though. We make you know, little success, and we think, say thank you, say thank you. It's, yeah, no, Jesus did not do that. Jesus prayed in the midst of his success as well as his sorrows. How good is our God? So whether I'm happy or sad, or things are going good or bad, I will pray. That's one thing I do do. I wake up. I do not touch that flow without praying. Trust me, I, it has become such um, a devotion for me. It's, it's not like, oh, I have to do that. I just do that. It's just for 23 years, come on, people, you just have to do that. It, it, it just become a part of me. And it doesn't depend on how busy my day is. That's just something that I always do. My family will tell you that I do. Someone, as someone said, if you're too busy to pray, you are just too busy. So please pray. So how do you start your day? That's the first thing I do is pray. So this is not telling people off, okay? Please don't get me wrong. Know my heart. I, I want to stir. I want to impart what is of me into you. How good it be if our church really gets up and says, yeah, let's, let's light that fire. Let's just pray together. Let's stir this community up. Let's shine for Jesus. Let's make, you know, Jesus famous here. And that comes out of a devotion to God, out of love for God. The second thing I do is read the scriptures. I do believe it's important that Jesus speaks to me, then I speak to him. Because trust me, I can talk a lot. Yeah. Don't laugh at me. I know you all do too. And through the scripture he speaks. The scripture tells us his word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. It is sharper than a two-edged sword. So I meditate on it, I reflect on it, I let it go deep within my soul, into my spirit. I let it move me, convict me, rebuke me, change me, and challenge me. I do. So yesterday we went shopping, and this is why I'm going to tell you why it convicts me and rebukes me. Man, gosh, it challenges me. It does all that stuff. So yesterday we went shopping, and um, we were standing in a line, and... Uh, 
one guy comes and stands in the middle of, in front of me, and then his daughter comes and hi, dad, and she's trying to say, I'm not, you know, budging in. That's my dad, and then she goes, Dad, mom. Okay, okay, the line's there, and the line was humongous. It was like took us 15 minutes to get to the counter, so which was all good. I'm I'm all good with that. I don't mind people budging in in front of me. Um, and then the wife came, and they all three joined. They all three went to three different counters. For, you know, you, you just keep your cool. Anyway, then there's a girl and his, her daughter behind us. And then I, st- I stood, and Claudette came and stood next to me. So now we are budging, and it looks like, but we're all together. We are a family. And then Pastor Natalie comes and joins. And we are, like, talking, and Eva, Eva has a little pillow that she wanted to buy. She was all excited, the poor kid. And the woman behind us goes on the phone, yeah, just someone just, you know, budged in. And we all three froze. I'm like, oops, that's us. And everything within me wanted to go, she did not budge. <laughs> but I kept my calm, I Natalie. I kept my calm. I'm like, don't worry. We're texting each other. Don't worry, it's okay. I was like, oh, my gosh. But I did get mad within myself. I don't know if the girls noticed. I was like. Oh, everything in me wants to put that woman in place and say, we're family here, shopping together. And I said to Natalie, I'll pay for that. I flowed that, I'll pay for that. And Eva, I'll pay for that. Poor Eva felt so bad she didn't even buy that pillow in the end. And Natalie's like, I think I'm not going to buy this top. I'm like, you're buying that top, I'm paying for it. (laughs) (laughs) So we're boiling, right? (laughs) But it's funny. Today I am at church and I said to the girls, imagine if she comes to church. Oh, my gosh. No, she's not here. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, and I'm speaking. I'm like, no, no. I, I, I'm usually pretty good. If somebody cuts me even uh, while driving, I'm usually pretty good. My kids will go, toot at them, mom, toot. I'm like, no, hey. I'm come from a country, country where we toot at each other all the time. Um, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Um, but last night, man, I was like, how dare she do that to us? Poor little Natalie, I'm thinking. Anyway. We went, we came home, but today I felt God say, wow, you really lost it. I'm like, I'm sorry, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Gosh. So, you know, the word of God convicts you. And you just have to say sorry to God first. And, of course, we don't know that woman, but it was the attitude of my heart that God challenged me. So the scriptures does challenge you. Um, I came home and even told Eru. Can you believe this woman did that? She said we were budging. Now, I was expecting the same grace that I gave the people in front of me to be given to me. But people are not the same. But that's all right. Perhaps she knows Jesus too or comes to know him. Submit, um, quiet time is not, <laughs> is not about me submitting my needs to God, but rather me submitting myself to God. And that's what I had to do here today. Is like, I submit to you. Please forgive me, God. And another thing I do is I sit and I say, God, you know, King David said, create in me a clean heart, a renew a right spirit within me. I pray that every morning, I pray, God, clean, clean my slate clean because it's looking ugly right now. And, you know, I, I do that every morning. I get myself sorted with God. Um, that's just something that I do. I'm not saying you have to, but it'd be a good thing to clean the slate, start new every morning, wouldn't it? That'd be good. Always asking when you're reading the Bible, what are you wanting to say, God, through your word to me? So in the place of quiet time, I hear God whisper his word to me. He tells me, change this, change that, forgive this one, 
forgive that one. And he'll tell me, I am with you. I love you. That's our God. I hear him. You know, when, when I'm not well, he'll say, I'm your healer. And he is my healer. He is your healer. He will re restore relationships. He loves you. So when you spend time with God, wait on him and on the scriptures. So again, to me, this is about setting the day up right, putting him first. I know nobody does this. I open my Bible and, you know, um, that's the first thing I do. But some people apparently love going on Facebook before they're facing God. So don't. Just face God first. And Facebook can come in the afternoon or perhaps in the nighttime. Sometimes I even forget. I have not seen the page. I'm like, ah, missing birthdays, but that's all good. Um, Insta God instead of Instagram. My gosh, it's, it's not the popularity we want. We want, we want to be popular with God and do right with God first. So just do that. Those, um, what do you call them? The media stuff? Don't worry about it. Don't watch the news first. Who cares what is happening in the world when your own soul is not right? Put yourself right first and then watch the news and do whatever you want to do. How do you begin your day? How long does it take? Um, 10, 15 minutes, sometimes half an hour. I honestly don't keep a tab on it. I just pray as however long I want to. It's not that I have. I, I don't pray because I have to. I want to pray. So that's, that's my thing. Why do I do it? Why do I have quiet time? Because it fills me. It grounds me. It centers me. It brings me into focus. It prepares me for the day. It softens me. When I, you know, I have stuff going on, God softens me. If that's the word you can use. It strengthens me. It heals my heart. And it readies me for the day. And I am ready to face the day. Quiet time always refreshes my spirit and restores my soul. So it's simple and uncomplicated, people. It's like a friendship with God, the maker of the universe. My daily devotion is no longer a discipline, but rather a delight. Jesus said, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know what his master's business is. Instead, I've called you friends. Remember John 15, 15. He has called you his friend. You are Jesus' friend. How good is that? It is out of relationship that I seek to spend time with the one whom I love. A time in his presence will definitely change it. Try it. Try it tomorrow, first thing in the morning. When Moses came down from the mountain, after spending time with God, his face shone radiant. The scriptures tells us that. Scriptures also tell us in his presence there is fullness of... Yep, many of you reading your Bible, which is good. Someone said the presence of God will not always fix your problems, but it will clarify your perspective. It will change you. The great A.W. Tozer said, Nothing of this world measures up to the simple pleasures of experiencing the presence of God. Seek his presence, not his power, because his power is found in his presence. You know, when we came here today, I tell you, there was such a presence. So seek his presence. You might be sitting there and going, You know, I know all about this. I know about quiet time. I know about devotion. I know about reading the Bible in it. I you know, I know all about this. I've known this all my life. 
it's not if you know it, it's good to have head knowledge, but do you do it is my challenge for us today. How do you start your day? Take your step, sink in. So as we close today, I'm landing this. I want to invite you, all those who are here who just want a little bit of that fire kindled, if it has died within you, if you're not spending time with Jesus. We're going to play this song by Kit Green. And somewhere it says, why not, um, what does it say? Oh, Lord, please light the fire. So I, I want you to come. I want you to be challenged. I want you to be stirred up today. And let God light that fire that once burned bright and clear, the song says. Lord, we pray for everyone standing at this altar today. That God, you would alter that which needs to be altered. That you would change that which needs to be changed. And shift what needs to be you would stir afresh in and through our lives a desire to commune with you for all of us in this room we pray Father that it would not be something we have to but something we get to do stir it Just as Anita continues to minister, I just want to take a moment and just ask you here today, do you know Christ? Do you need to get right with Him? Just as they continue to pray, I want to, you may be here today, you may be visiting, you might have come to the service for the first time. And you just know, man, I need what? Pastor Anita has. I need this relationship with God. And you, you know the state of your own life. Maybe, maybe you've been coming to church for a while, but you've never given your life to Christ. Friends, I want to tell you, going to church won't save you. Christ saves you. Following Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that really, I guess, begins that process. It's just, it really just a prayer of commitment that's saying, Lord, I want to give my life to you. He calls you, but you can also come. And so in a moment when I pray, if you're here today and you're going, could you include me in that prayer? Well, in a moment, I'm going to get ask you to raise your hand. And as you do that, you're really just saying to me, Pastor, the prayer you're going to pray, include me in it. I, I, I want to submit my life to God. I want to hand it over to God. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you and you want to be included in this prayer, would you just where you're sitting, just put your hand up or standing wherever you are. Would you just put your hand up? Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. There. Thank you in the front. Back here, over to this side here. That relationship. 
just slip your hands down. Is there anybody here who knows they should have put their hand up, but they didn't? They, they were just too worried about what other people are going to think. But you know you should. You know you should have. Could you just lift your hand wherever you are? If you know you need to get right with God, I just want to make sure we all respond. Amen. Would you pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus? I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today I turn from my sin and turn towards you. Would you be my Lord and my Savior from this day forward? This I ask in Jesus' name.